Our scripture lesson today comes from Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. Hear now the word of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you from Amelia, my helper today, my reader. Buzz suggested that during this time, during my pregnancy, that I might want to preach, since maybe I could connect with the Christmas story in a new way. There are some things I can connect with. The waiting, the growing, the nausea in the first trimester, the nervousness and excitement, the holy mystery that there is something new growing within me. It is amazing. It does feel like a miracle, although my child will be an ordinary child. How much more wondrous, joyous is Mary's news. But Mary and I are different. I'm 32, over double the age Mary would have been. She would have been only 13 or 14. I'm not sure I can identify with being pregnant so young. At this point, I could almost be her mother. I hoped and planned for my pregnancy, while Mary's news comes out of the blue. It seems utterly impossible. She's a virgin. Her story is a story, a scandal in particularity. Not just anyone, but this girl, Mary, in the know-nothing town of Nazareth, who was ordinary, poor, powerless, and a female, is commissioned to bear this child, to raise the Messiah. She is not favored by the world's standards. She was probably pimply, awkward, young, powerless, an unmarried teenager, destined for domesticity. But God sees more in this girl, in Mary. God favors her. What a miracle. What a gift to be seen. 
It is no small thing to be regarded, to be favored, especially when you are aware that you should not be. In our world, it is easy to disappear in the crowd, to feel as if you are invisible, to wonder if anyone would notice if you went missing. But God notices. Through Mary, we see that God favors each one of us. God calls us too. God sends Gabriel to tell each one of us, you and you and you and you and all of us, that you are special, favored, called. Each one of us is given a gift by God and this child in Jesus. We're all having a baby. Jesus, Mary's baby, is God's gift to each one of us. Luke praises Mary, though, not because she is a woman or even Christ's mother, but because of her discipleship. Her faith is extraordinary. This story follows the pattern for ordinary birth announcements throughout Scripture. But not only that, this story follows the pattern of call stories throughout Scripture, too. And that's unique. Mary's prophetic call falls in line with the stories of Moses, Isaiah, and Samuel, just to name a few. There's a heavenly visitation, a proclamation, a denial, a questioning of one's call. How can this be? Reassurance of God's presence. And finally, agreement. Here I am. Let it be according to your word. Mary's prophetic task is not to lead God's people out of bondage into freedom like Moses. It isn't to preach to God's people to return to relationship with God like Isaiah. Her job isn't to call kings and share God's word with the ordinary and the powerful like Samuel. Mary's call is to bear and raise a child, the Messiah, the Son of God. It seems like such a basic job, a woman's job, but I might argue it's one of the most important prophetic tasks in all of Scripture. Mary is endowed with the job of keeping this child safe, teaching and raising him for the salvation of the world. Just a little pressure, right? Luckily, Mary's faith, not her reason, wins. She trusts God. She believes in this crazy plan, and she responds like many before her. Here I am, in her own twist. Let it be according to your word. Let it be. Although not a Christian Christmas song, I can't help but think of the Beatles song, Let It Be. Words of trust and release of control. Words of waiting. Being. I'm not often, I'm not often able to say, let it be. I want to add, let it be my way. Let it be the easy way. Let it be the most efficient way. Let it be the best way. It is hard to stop and pause, to trust in something uncertain and fearful, to let something be just as it is. And this was a fearful predicament. 
Mary was about to be pregnant and not with Joseph's child. Mary was not married. This pregnancy could have cost her her life, either by being stoned or ostracized from her family and community. Women had little power and autonomy. Many authorities wonder and worry if Mary's response is passivity, that she is just living into the role and expectations of her age and time to be agreeable. But I see strength and commitment and hope in this God who sees and favors her. Here I am, she says, let it be. I know I've mentioned this before, but to reiterate again, one summer I worked in a mental health hospital as a chaplain intern. They call it clinical pastoral education. We spent our days sitting with patients struggling with anxiety, depression, addiction, schizophrenia, and more. Each week we would lead chapel services and faith and life sessions for the patients. We had CDs full of music that patients could choose and listen to and even sing along to. And the most requested song was the song inspired by Mary's words, Let It Be. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. I saw and learned more about fate that summer in the mental health hospital than any other place, because people had gone through so much suffering and struggle. God was present and tangible, and their faith, whether they knew it or not, was so strong. They knew they were not in control. They knew they had reached their limits, but God had not. And so they trusted. They let it be. As much as we can sentimentalize Mary's words, there is power and wisdom in this young girl, committed to seeing this new life out, bringing this child into the world, even if it meant she lost her own. God calls us, too. Indeed, whether or not you can hear it right now, God calls each one of us for amazing, prophetic work. Maybe it seems as ordinary and challenging as Mary, bearing and raising a child. Maybe it's to go on a mission trip. Maybe it's the way in which you do your job with integrity and kindness, sharing God's love. Maybe it's accepting things just as they are right now. We might wish that life were easier, more efficient, simpler, but what if for a moment we could respond and trust, letting it be? Before I tell this final story, I want to say that the Ovisons gave me permission to share. This week I went to go visit the Ovisons in the hospital. Jenny had surgery and everything went well. We were talking about how many surgeries Jenny has faced in her life, some easier than others. Jenny shared how sometimes the anticipation, the unknown before the surgery, can be harder than the after. It's hard when you aren't sure how to prepare and you cannot foresee the future. Diane, her mom during that conversation, said something so powerful. She said, you know, in the midst of all of this, you don't know what will happen. Everyone sooner or later is going to have some challenges. What I pray for, she said, 
is not for God to remove those challenges, but for God to give me the strength and courage to face the challenges. Her words touched me so much because I think they embody Mary's courage and faith. And, and faith To trust, to let it be, to hope, to bear Christ in the world. Hard, surprising things will happen. And so we pray that God gives us what we need. The strength, the prayer, the faith, the humor, the angels and shepherds, cousins like Elizabeth, wise men and carpenters, the people, skills, and support to make it through. And so together, before I left, the Ovisons and I prayed for the strength and courage to face life, to face the unknown, to face those challenges. At times, God's call and just the suffering and pain of life will bring us to face scary and difficult things. At times, saying yes will bring us to the shadow of the cross. It does for Mary. But the good news of the gospel is that God is with us. God will give us strength and endurance to forge ahead. God will lead us to paths and places we could have never imagined. And it might not be easy. But like Mary, may we have the opportunity, the privilege, the gift of bearing Christ's love, hope, truth, and joy into this world. Amen.